Hello. Hello. And welcome to What in the Actual Fuck. I'm Brittany. And Kai. Uh, music. today Kylie I'm a little tired tired to be honest or I am gonna be honest but it doesn't I'm so over the whole alarm thing what do you mean like I have my alarm the actual alarm that has like my the clock one mm-hmm. on my dresser had it set I don't even recall did you do it all the time it? I know you need one of those alarms that like jumps off your dresser and rolls around until you pick it up it jumps off your dresser. Yeah. They have, they like turns into like a ball and it rolls off your thing. You have to get up and chase it down to turn oh, it off. Oh, hell no. Yeah. No. Yes. Because many a times you walk by Kylie's room and an alarm's going off and then it goes off, but you hear no movement in the room. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't ever remember like consciously You're getting up to like turning shit off because I'll put my phone on the opposite side of the room. There's no judgment. I'm just telling you. I know it goes off and I know you turn it off. No, oh, I know there is big judgment on myself because I'm getting tired of this shit. I have a fuck ton of stuff to do each and every day. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like fucking 11. But in my defense, I'm usually not actually falling asleep until probably 5. How are you? I'm tired all the time. That's just life. Mm. So true. All right. Do you know the story I am covering today? Are you going to tell me the name? No. Um, Do you know what I'm covering? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of Alicia Moore? Mm, The name is not ringing a bell. Okay. We're just going to jump right into it today. So according to case text, Alicia Moore was a 16-year-old high school student and was last seen on school bus video surveillance exiting her bus around 3 p.m. on November 2nd, 2012. And it was like a block from her home. And this is in Greenville, Texas. Oh, oh, back to Texas. Yeah. Ringing any bells? No. Okay. She never made it to her home. One block. Ugh. Her great uncle, Mike Wolford, was the only person home at that time. And he claimed that he never saw her. Around 8 p.m., her, fa- her family started to get really worried. And they called the police to report her missing. They also posted flyers all over town asking for help to find her. And this was just within like the same day. Yeah. Okay. So Alicia Chanta Moore was born on February 3rd, 1996. She was described as a quiet girl. Her favorite color was purple, and the community would later wear this color in honor. And she had dreams of going to college, and she wanted to be an actress. Mm. Those are good dreams to have. Yeah, and that's honestly the most I could dig up about who she was. Everything was surrounding her case is... Mostly about the person who did it and then the problems with the police and how they handled it. And what year is this? This happened in 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jesus. So very recently. Yeah. Well, I think we think it's very recently, but it's been 11 years. I was going to say, we're not doing this math thing again. (laughs) 11 years. Okay. So it's still, it's recent, but it's still kind of out there. True. This time, Alicia lived in Greenville with five other adults, including her mother, Aretha Moore, her grandmother, Deborah Moore, her maternal aunt, Jessica Bird, Jessica's husband, Kenneth Bird, and her maternal great-uncle, Michael Woford. So according to WFAA staff, a friend of Alicia said that she had told her she was going to go with her great-uncle on a trip to Paris, Texas to meet a guy that day. 
meet a guy. Yeah, and that's all it said. That's my first alarm about, like, what, who are you going to meet? And why is your uncle taking a 16-year-old girl to meet a guy? That's weird. Like, is he meeting the guy or is she meeting that's the guy? That's all it said. I would assume, like, the uncle was just like, hey, you want to ride along with me oh. to meet someone? But that's still a strange yeah, that's thing weird to take spot. a little girl to. No. She's 16. Yeah. Three days later, on November 5th, 2012, transportation workers found a black wicker trunk on the side of Highway 47, 40 miles from where she was last seen, north of Wills Point and Van Zant County. Inside of the trunk were the nude remains of Alicia Moore. Investigators also found really derogatory words written in spray paint on the bottom of the trunk. And you can look it up if you want to see those words. I think it's disgusting. And a backward-facing swastika painted on the inside of the trunk lid. Her body did show signs of multiple ligature marks around her throat, neck, and abrasions on her face and head. Mm. Are you saying, like, abrasions, scrapes, and cuts? Like someone beat her? So usually when somebody says abrasions, yeah, they're like scrape marks on their gotcha. face. So the Justice of Peace pronounced her dead and ordered an autopsy. The fuck is a Justice of Peace? The Justice of Peace is usually just, like, law enforcement. I'd have to look that it a, up. Is that a coroner? It could be. I think it's, like, more of a department. That's weird. Because I'm pretty sure I thought, like, a coroner is only, like, the only one to actually truly pronounce someone dead. I'm sure it was a coroner or oh, a medical examiner, but I'm, I'm guessing. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. I can pause that later. <laughs> Justice of Peace, Texas Association. The Justice of Peace presides over the Justice Court in cases involving misdemeanors, small civil dispute, landlord, tenant disputes, and more. A local magistrate empowered chiefly to administer criminal or civil justice. Hmm. I'm guessing it's like a department. Right. <clears throat> Still odd. Yeah. Back to it. So the autopsy was performed on November 7th at 7.30 p.m. They determined that Alicia had been sexually assaulted and strangled. Mm. Semen samples were found in both her rectum and vagina. There were scleral hemorrhages in her eyes, which is the eye's conjunctiva contains a lot of tiny blood vessels that break. If they break, blood leaks between the conjunctiva and sclera. This bleeding is a bright red spot that you see in the white of the eyes. This indicates that Alicia had been alive when she experienced this trauma. Mm. Reading the court documents, there was more information about the trauma Alicia had endured, but I'm not going to go into graphic detail. Right. However, the medical examiner examiner did note that the trauma was fresh, and she had probably experienced the sexual assault shortly before her death. Mm. So the hemorrhaging of the eyes. So that's what I get. Yeah. So the rupturing and all that shit. Mm -hmm. I just wrote so people, if they heard that, the rupturing. Well, I think, too, it's like... A lot of times when that happened, it can be, like, an intense pressure, like, the building up of it, or it can be, like, brought on by, like, stress and shit. Well, there's like tons of stuff. There's yep. straining going to the bathroom. Exactly, yep. There's a lot of stuff that can do that, but usually when they're looking at what caused a death, it's usually, like, strangulation will mm-hmm. cause the sclera. Right. Interruption, yeah. So, Alicia's mother had reported a man, Terry Dwayne Ramsire, who was 49 years old, was sexually abusing Alicia. He was arrested and charged with sexual assault of child and indecency with a child by sexual contact. However, he was still in jail at the time of Alicia's murder, but police still looked into him to make sure there wasn't a connection. What was it like? So uh, that was the first like lead. She was just looking. making sure she didn't just like throw a name out there and like home no, was just chilling. No, he got arrested and went to prison. Gotcha. But this was like two and a half months before she disappeared. Okay. So that was why it was the first thing that came to right. Alicia's mom's mind. DNA samples were taken from all of the males in the home, which included Kenneth Byrd and Michael Wofford. Mm -hmm. Other DNA samples were collected from Alicia's boyfriend 
And I'm just going to, I'm not going to name these people because they don't need to be named. Right. And three other men who frequently visited. And then um, her other great uncle who visited often was called Michael Vincent Moore. All DNA samples were ruled out except one. Alicia's Moore, Alicia Moore's great uncle, Michael Vincent Moore. He was Deborah Moore's brother and Alicia's great uncle. And he had recently right. returned from California to Texas to help take care of his sick, sick father. But he lived in Grand Prairie, so he would only come and visit Greenville every other weekend. Okay. To visit. Was Alicia this the one she was going on a trip to see a dude with? We don't know. That's just the statement that was made. All right. Because she also has the great uncle, the other Michael, Michael Woford, who lives right. in the home. And he was claimed to be an alcoholic, but his DNA wasn't found there. It was Michael Vincent Moore. Gotcha. So everyone in the family claims that they never saw any type of inappropriate relationship between Michael and Alicia. In fact, they said that he had a very warm relationship with her. He baked with her, took her to the store, bought her presents, and even took her on trips out of town to see other relatives. Mm. According to case text, the family thought that Michael was gay, which he still insists he is. And he says that's inconsistent to the crime he was charged with. To me, like, when I think of a family member who's not, like, a very, like, your immediate family. Right. But then I don't. But that could be grooming. What is he doing on these trips that he's taking? Right. And, no, like, especially if it's not an immediate part of the family or someone that, like, I know. Every other weekend? You're not taking my child anywhere. I don't know, though, because then when Mm. I think of aunts and uncles, like, my kids go with their uncles. Yeah, but they're constantly in their lives. Not as much as this. He's there every other weekend. Mm, oh, true. Okay. I don't it's, know, it's man. It's easy to like look at a family from the outside until you think about your personal family. Right. Because immediately I was like, why is the mom letting her go with this guy? Yeah, like on these trips. But he, he's her uncle. True. And when I think about like our families, we went to our, our, our uncle's houses all the time. Yeah. So it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, that is strange. It's weird to think about it yourself versus what happened to this girl right well I also think now because of what we're doing the podcast and everything we're so I want to say like cynical but very like cautious of all of those little details that we hear because even now with my kids right like even now if there are certain things that are like happening like the foot tickler and mind hunter yeah I'm telling you now nobody's tickling my kids feet I'm coming in to have a discussion and you're not gonna like it oh we're not having a discussion Mm -mm. you're not to see my child anymore no yeah so Texas Ranger Michael Adcock led the investigation in its entirety he was present when Alicia was removed from the trunk and when he learned of the DNA samples matching Michael he didn't immediately arrest him Instead, he ordered that his car and house be searched. However, nothing turned up connecting Michael to Alicia's death. He also obtained his cell phone records, and those did show a gap in activity on the day of Alicia's disappearance and on the day that the trunk was discovered. Mm. However, no fingerprints could be found on the wicker trunk. It's pretty easy to just, like, wipe shit down, and you're not going to get prints. My issue is your semen was found inside of her. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. We're going to keep going. Keep going. In February 2013, so November, December, January, February, Michael was interviewed by News 8 while he was decorating cupcakes for a vigil for Alicia's birthday. He stated, quote, no one's been caught yet and that's really hard on us, end quote. Four months after her death, he also stated it was time to, quote, move on. Move on? It hurts sometimes, but I'm over it now and it's time to rejoice. 
you know, you got to get over it and move on. Did no End one quote. question, like, why is he out? Sir, how did your semen get found inside? No they one haven't questioned. even arrested him yet for the DNA. They don't do, like, they didn't even, like, interview? I Not that I found. Oh, Lord. No, no. So while Michael was in jail awaiting trial, he sent several letters to Jessica Bird, Alicia's aunt, claiming that the police had planted his DNA at the scene and that police had filed, quote, false documents, end quote, in his case. He then went on to say, quote, who's going to believe me over the U.S. Marshals and the FBI? Nobody's going to believe me. If there's my DNA on her body, then they put it there, end quote. So according to Moore, this wasn't the first time he'd been investigated for the murder of a child. Oh. There was a case in California where he was investigated as the killer, but he claimed that eventually another man was arrested and convicted of this crime. He claimed. Yes. Or was, did, was someone actually arrested for that? Uh, they had to have been because okay. it well, you can't didn't be making claims. Yeah. yeah, you can't be making but claims. But they didn't even like the police. There's nothing about them following up on that. Oh, I, yeah. This is this is not great police investigating people. Nope. There was also, and this came out during the trial, but a woman named Shanae Stevenson who testified for the defense stating that on November 2nd, she was driving behind a school bus and saw Alicia get off the bus. She noticed that when she got off the bus, a black truck made a quick turn and started following her. Shanae thought this was suspicious and made a quick turn herself and didn't see the girl. However, she did say that she got a good look at the driver, who was a Hispanic man with his dark hair parted to the side. Shanae stated that she never saw the girl actually in the truck, but she felt like this was the girl that she had seen on the posters and called the police with this information on November 7th. However, she claims the police never followed up with her. So, yeah, they're... They've they're, got their attention on Michael, nothing. and that's it. Right. The DNA but, match, but then it took him how long to arrest him? That's what I was going to say, but even though their attention is, like, on him, it's... We're not doing anything. Right. About it. Follow... Wait, just wait. Oh, they didn't follow up any leads. Because this case received attention in the news and on TV, it began to get complicated. There was a two-and-a-half-month interval between the murder and the results of the DNA test. So then that's two more months that he was just out there with these results and right. he's not arrested. Additionally, investigators received many false leads and a blatantly bogus confession. Um, and when they followed up on leads, there was nothing that led them to more information on Alicia's murder. According to CBS DFW, quote, No, I didn't murder Alicia. I loved Alicia, said Michael Moore. I wanted to help her. She had some mental problems, and I wanted to help her. Mm-hmm. She has some sexual problems. She was addicted to sex. End quote. Oh, no. Mm. No. Because no one else is making that statement. Uh, Not even, like, the sexual part. Like, nobody, her mom wasn't, like, she had mental, like, health issues. So I did see in some some of the research that I did, people would just say she had mental problems. But it didn't go into any detail because I, yeah, I kept what, looking, like, what... What does that she mean? disabled? Right. Is there something else going on? Does she have a learning difficulty? Right. I, I couldn't find anything else on it except things like this. Right. She was addicted to sex. No. So during the trial, the defense said that investigators didn't do their jobs and that there were other suspects they didn't follow up on, including the other man living in the home with Alicia. They additionally claimed that Alicia was addicted to porn and sleeping with older men. What? That's what the defense is saying at this trial. Additional leads, so these are the other ones that the police never followed up with, included a person coming forward named D. Williams who claimed that Alicia's mother paid him $5,000 to kill her. 
However, he never showed up to a meeting with investigators, so they dismissed the confession as false and didn't pursue it. Jesus, fuck. Another lead that kept coming up, and there were multiple people saying it, was that there were two people, Ohms and Adrian Gray, were responsible for Alicia's murder. However, I went and looked for who these people even were, right. and nothing came up. Yeah, why And the investigators that? never looked into it. Fuck these investigators. Perhaps the most damning evidence was that Morris semen was found inside of Alicia. The chances of it being another African-American matching that DNA profile is, quote, one in 93.46 million, end quote, according to the forensic scientist Amber Moss. Michael Vincent Moore was convicted of capital murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He did some appeals and stuff, but everything was upheld. That's the major part of the case. So that's... How it went, how it ended. There's people who think that he's innocent and that not the police didn't follow up on any leads. That what did like did her mom make a statement about so, him being? All the family just kept saying, "I've never seen him act inappropriately with her. I, we never would have guessed. We thought he was gay. They it's wouldn't really have guessed he strange. was gay, but they they claimed he was, or he claimed he was. They thought he was, and he straight up said, "I'm gay, and that's inconsistent with this crime." Hmm. Chief, uh, oh, we're going into another part. (laughs) This case got really complicated because there were major issues with the investigation. Hmm. And then some other issues came up later, which are just blow my mind. So another major problem with this case is that an Amber Alert wasn't issued for Alicia. And people started getting really angry over the perceived negligence of the police. Right. Alicia's aunt, Jessica Bird, stated, quote, if somebody is missing... That should have been at home. The police need to step up and reach out. I feel like I've been the investigator trying to get the word out. Right. Well, especially if it's like a child. It's their kid. Right. And if they're saying she consistently comes home on time, I began to question too. Why didn't they put an Amber Alert out? That's like when people do that and the cops are like, hmm, probably ran away. It's like, there was never any indication and that's never been a thing. Why do we hop to that? So... Chief Buskin said during a press conference that Alicia's disappearance did not meet the criteria for an Amber Alert, and that even after she was reported missing, they couldn't be sure she was abducted. What is the criteria for an Amber, Amber Alert? Do yeah, you know? right. Here no, we go. Oh, no, I don't know. I went into it because oh, I was God. like, I don't understand why they're not issuing it either. I agreed. So according to the department, and it happens a lot, right? They, they just refuse to do it. And yep. it's usually like older kids. According to the Department of Justice Office of Justice Programs, there are recommended criteria. Recommended. Recommended. Criteria. That does for not issuing mean. issuing an Amber Alert. Right. Which include one, a reasonable belief by law enforcement that an abduction has occurred. So Amber plans require law infor- enforcement to confirm an abduction prior to issuing the alert. This is essential when determining the level of risk to the child. Clearly, stranger abductions are the most dangerous for children and thus are the primary mission of Amber Alert. To me, the fact that she got off the bus and didn't make it one block. Right. She's right home. Yeah. That would say stranger abduction. Or somebody got up there real quick that knew her and was like, get in the car. Yeah. Okay. Number two, the law enforcement agency believes the child is in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. Plans require a child be at risk for death or injury before an alert can be issued. 
This element is clearly related to law enforcement recognition that stranger abductions represent the greatest danger. The need for timely, accurate information based on strict and clearly understood criteria is critical. Again, keeping in mind the, quote, best judgment, end quote, approach. So as a police officer, <laughs> my best judgment is what's going to go here. She was on a bus to her home, one block away from her home. My best judgment is she's abducted. She's so, just going to walk away from her home right. one block away? So that's where I'm saying, like, so she's now mm. met both of those. Okay, there's... Three more. Oh, boy. Number three. There is enough descriptive information about the victim and the abduction to issue an Amber Alert to aid in recovery. For an Amber Alert to be effective in recovering a missing child, the law enforcement agency must have enough information to believe that an immediate broadcast to the public will enhance the efforts of law enforcement to locate the child and apprehend the suspect. Okay. They don't have, like, a description of the abduction. Nobody saw her get abducted. And immediately, I mean, that woman that said she saw the truck and everything didn't come forward until after her remains Mm. were found. But you have a clear description of the girl. So what if this guy stops to get gas and somebody can see her inside of his vehicle? Yep. I still think best judgment, let's get her information out there. Number four, the abduction is of a child 17 years of age or younger. Meets out I was going to say, so she met that. Number five. The child's name and other critical data elements, including the child abduction flag, so like their name has to get flagged. Okay. And then they list abducted underneath it. Got it. Entered into the National Crime Information Center system, NCIC. Text information describing the circumstances surrounding the abduction of a child should be entered. The case should be flagged. Many plans do not mandate an entry into NCIC, but that undermines the entire mission of AMBER. The notation of entry should be sufficient to explain the circumstances of the disappearance. This also helps expand the search from local, state, and regional and national levels. Right. So once they enter you into the system, anybody five states over would still have that same information about this girl. Right. Because it's like, who's to say that, like, they're not being abducted and, like, driven to the next state? You know what I mean? Right. So in my mind, she met all those requirements. 100%. Aside However, from just the description of the abduction of the or abduction. But that's still... This is why the police say they did not issue an Amber Alert. Oh, boy. So according to KHOU11, the police thought that Alicia was a runaway. According mm-hmm. to the missing persons report that Alicia's mother helped fill out, she told them that Alicia had done this before, but never stayed gone this long. It also stated that Alicia had befriended an older man the summer prior to this and may have done that again. That's the biggest thing when it comes to missing, I would say, teenagers. Yeah. You tell them that she ran away before, and they're going to take it as she's running away Right, again. and then they're, they're literally going to do nothing. Ugh. Because she met every requirement. Now, did the, did the mom actually say she had done that before? Yeah. Ugh. It's in the missing person's report that the police took. To, to me? I still I'm, would issue it. I ain't telling you shit. No, I'm just going to say she's not here. Yeah. She always comes home. Never done this. Yeah. Ever. It makes me sick. I still would have put it out. I I think she met all of it no matter what. Right. Just because you think she's a runaway doesn't mean she is. Well, no. And wouldn't you rather be safe than sorry? Yep. And that's what I don't (sighs) understand about, like, investigations to which they don't immediately, like, get on it. Then shit like this happens. Oh, wait a few few more days. And if, if then she doesn't show up. 
we'll take her into consideration. Right. But to me, it's like not issuing it, not arresting what's his name that had the DNA in her. You all did a shoddy fucking job and it probably ended this girl's life. If they had put that out, she could have been found. Yep. Maybe. I'm not saying like 100% it works. Right. But. It's just very obvious they don't give a shit about this case. So to the investigators that were, you know, supposed to be investigating that, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) So Derricka Wilson, who is the co-founder of the Black and Missing Foundation, told News One that she's not surprised that the family is upset with police efforts. She stated, quote, It was quite disturbing to us to see Alicia's case didn't warrant an Amber Alert or receive attention from national news. Although it was very similar to Jessica Ridgway's case, the Colorado girl who disappeared in early October 2012 and an Amber Alert was issued. She continued stating, quote, We need law enforcement media and our community to get involved in these cases immediately. Our children are not all runaways, and that could be the reason why so many of our children are disappearing. Predators recognize that our missing children are classified as, quote, runaways. Therefore, they think no one's looking for them. They are certainly not making the news. Right. End quote. When it comes to the differences in how a young black girl is treated who goes missing versus a young white girl, it really makes me sick. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's 100% in the sense of it doesn't become like that immediate priority. No. And now I did look into Jessica Ridgway because that's who uh, she compared her to. Derica compared yeah. her to. Jessica Ridgway was a 10 year old. Mm. She was Caucasian who was abducted and found murdered five days later. An Amber Alert was issued for her case. Now, I understand why you're comparing it to Jessica Ridgway. Right. But she's 10. Yeah. That's a six year age difference, and teenagers do act differently. Am I saying right. that it shouldn't have been issued for no. her? Absolutely not. Right. Alicia should have had an Amber Alert. She should have had one. Absolutely. But I think comparing it to this case was the wrong move because 10 years old and not coming home right. from the bus is a big difference to me than a 16, 17-year-old not right. coming home from her bus. Agreed. I still think it's wrong, but that's a really difficult comparison. Right. Well, to me, I think we've made, you know, big strides in the sense, but let's be honest, and this is my personal opinion, you don't have to fucking agree with it. I really could care less. The difference between investigating things that have African-Americans and Caucasians is it is a very big difference. I do think things have gotten better, but probably back in 2012, because that's when you said it was 2012, right? Mm -hmm. Back then, it wasn't as prevalent. People didn't care as much. No. Why do you think these cases don't make the news? Exactly. But if a little white girl goes missing... It makes the news. No, it's like first priority. It's number one. Yeah. It's out there. Everybody can see it. And it's not fucking right. And it's not only, you know, racial differences, also socio- socioeconomic status. Very true. People who are in poverty don't receive as much right. attention. And I think that is true, like, based on, you know, if we're just going to go with, like, predators, yeah. I think we see how many times people will target others because they do know the investigation is probably not going to be as, you know, airtight nobody's really going to be able to get them as much help as opposed to, you know, a white girl, a small Mm -hmm. white girl. Which is wrong. It is. Whether she's 16 or 10, she deserved just as much help as Jessica Ridgway. She's a fucking human. She's a child. Exactly. I'm going to say the quote again from Derricka Wilson, the end of it. Our children are not all runaways. Nope. And that could be the reason why so many of our children are disappearing. 
The predators recognize that our missing children are classified as runaways. Exactly. Therefore, they think no one's looking for them. They're certainly not making the news. And guess what? They aren't being looked for the they way really aren't. that they should be. Nope. That's sad. Mm. Like, it, it truly is sad. Now, again, I'm hoping we are now, that's not even a remaining issue nowadays in investigations. I but I do, too. We, as just, like, literally the human race overall, need to fucking knock that shit off and treat every fucking case with the utmost priority. It's annoying. Get the fuck like every just, aspect. Whether do your poor, fucking they're job. Rich, they're black. They're white. They're right. Asian. I don't care. It doesn't matter where someone's from. It's a child. Mm-hmm. It's like just do your job. That is your job. So now do this your fucking job. Oh god. <laughs> this is the part that really this hit it for me. Oh lord. Now let's complicate things a bit. According to WFAA staff, CPS Child Protective Services was very familiar with Alicia. And her family. In fact, a case had been opened on Alicia just two and a half months before her murder. The caseworker was Rebecca, this middle name, Tongan Ross, and former Inspector General Jose Carazal investigated the CPS's actions and stated, quote, What I found was, what really stood out in this investigation was that there was nothing done. She left a child vulnerable. End quote. He believes Alicia would be alive today if CPS had done their jobs. I'm going to keep going. Uh, Well, I was going to say, I'm a little confused. CPS investigated her before this. Yep. For what? And I'll go into it. Oh, okay. Based on Carazel's investigation, Ross, who was the main, the one that was supposed to be doing home visits and stuff, Mm -hmm. Ross and her two supervisors, Laura Ard and Natalie Reynolds, were indicted on charges of tampering with physical evidence related to Alicia's case. They were also indicted on other charges that included allegations of illegal searches. Ross's attorney stated that, quote, she did her job and she saved some kids, and now she's paying the price because of a winch hunt, witch hunt, end quote. Which is, just don't even get me started, Ross's attorney. Shut up, Ross's attorney. Two and a half months before Alicia's death, police asked Child Protective Services to intervene due to, quote, concerns for her lack of protectiveness, end quote. Alicia had been raped and police were investigating. Now, remember that rape that occurred two and a half months. Now, CPS is supposed to be involved. Gotcha. With the 49-year-old man. Ross did complete an intake form. So this is usually your first visit with a CPS worker. Where she raised numerous concerns, including describing Alicia as, quote, self-harming, sexually acting out, and having sex with a considerably older man, end quote. She also stated Alicia had been removed from her mother's home twice before. What? Yeah. Records described Alicia's mom as, quote, hostile and not protective of Alicia, end quote, and not providing adequate supervision of Alicia. However, she was not removed from the home. So you're noting all this in your intake form, right? right? So you have some allegations in your mind. Right. Your job as a child protective service worker is to then... Come up with through. a risk assessment, a Correct. safety assessment. Is she safe in this home? Right. Well, Obviously clearly not. not. Yeah, not. She a... was just raped. Right. Ooh, what is the risk for suicide? What is the risk that something really bad could happen to her? On the day that Alicia was reported missing, Laura Ard, who is the supervisor, issued an order to close Alicia's case if authorities did not suspect a family member in the disappearance. Which, what, what? the hell does that have to yeah, do with it? Yeah, what does that even like mean? Alicia's body was found four days after her disappearance, the same day that Ross closed the case. 
Mm. Both Ard and Reynolds signed off on the case. The case was closed, quote, Despite the lack of an investigation, the lack of contact with Alicia in over two and a half months, and the lack of contact with Alicia prior to the closure of the case, a falsified risk assessment, a falsified safety assessment, no services being provided, no collateral being made, and no home visits being conducted. This was written by Carazal, the investigator who was investigating these workers. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. It makes me sick. Well, it just seems to me it's like all of these people... Again, you all, this is your job. In Child Protective Services, you cannot not do a risk assessment, no. a safety assessment. You can't leave kids where they're vulnerable. Right. I know it's a difficult thing to take a child away from their family, but, but that's it, your job. Exactly. And if you're, you're even just considering removing a child, obviously it's because of something very significant. Right. Oh, it gets worse. Oh, I don't want to hear it. Also, according to Carazal's investigation, a CPS investigative supervisor said she checked Alicia's case file the day she disappeared to find that no tasks had been completed. However, four days later when her body was found, there were suddenly completed tasks in her oh, file. Oh, bull fucking shit. When Carazal followed up with the supervisor, she, quote, became emotional and wept. She advised that, quote, the majority of the entries made in the Moore case were copied and pasted from other sources. Oh, sick. end quote. She did end it. She did end up saying that the case was not handled appropriately. She claimed that Ard told her to get the Moore case closed, along with all of Ross's other cases, since she was going on maternity leave. When asked about the 29 other cases that Ross was handling and whether they were handled in the same manner, she simply said, "Quote: I hope not." End quote. I hope. So you haven't checked yet? Right. 29 other kids? These people deserve to, like, go to prison. (sighs) Carazal also interviewed Ard in his report. He stated, quote, When asked about Alicia not being seen in over two and a half months and not being seen before the Moore case was closed, Ard responded by saying that it, quote, happens all the time. No, it doesn't. End quote. According to the report, quote, Ard states that the state office is aware of how these cases are being handled, and until they start paying a worker more money, this is the type of work they're going to get. End quote. Oh, Ard also told, told Carazel that she doesn't have a, quote, crystal ball, end quote, to tell her when a child's going to die. Oh, hell no. You are not the type of people we want watching out for our kids. No. Sickening. No. I would have punched Pay me some more money face. to prevent deaths of children? Right. That's fucking What the bullshit. hell is the matter with you? No. Again, if that's the case, don't, don't be do that in job. that line of work. Social workers don't get paid a lot of money. I get it. Right. Go work somewhere else. Get a different job if you want the money. Carazal wanted to charge all three women for criminally negligent homicide. Agreed. But the grand jury declined to indict them on those charges. But they were indicted on other charges. Ross immediately resigned, Ard retired, and Reynolds was put on administrative paid leave. Mm-mm. Ross's attorney calls their charges ridiculous, stating, quote, We can play the what-if games all day long. This is a horrible situation. There's nothing, given the information that was reported to CPS and to the police department, that there was any indication that an alleged uncle was going to murder this poor girl. I'm not asking you about the murder. No. I'm asking you why she's still in this home if she's being raped and not supervised. Exactly. Or if you think she's self-harming, like, you (sighs) see that those issues are, like, in your first fucking moment of, like, meeting and going and seeing this. 
And not only that, as a social worker, a child protective services worker, your job is A, all those things that we just stated, right. but to also, if you're not even going to do that, do the bare minimum. Provide some additional resources. Yep. She was never referred to counseling. Her parents were never giving parenting classes. Nothing was referred to these nope. people. These people don't deserve to have anything. <sighs> according, according, According to Brad Keller from the Herald Banner, both Ross and Reynolds were found guilty of one count of official oppression, which is a misdemeanor. They were both sentenced to one year in Hunt County Jail, suspended for two years, 30 days in jail as a sanction, a $2,000 fine, and community service. That's all they got. That's bullshit. According to the Herald Banner, again, Laura Ard's case was dismissed. And she (laughs) later filed a suit against the DA's office saying that Carazel provided false information against her. Mm. Carazel is no longer employed by the Inspector General. He was accused of insubordination and fired last year. Mm. He claims he was let go after complaining that child deaths with CPS histories were not getting the attention that they deserved. He said the Inspector General had at one point been doing what he called, quote, checklist investigations, end quote. We weren't doing anything that you would normally do in an investigation, he said. I said, hey, this isn't the way we should be handling this. There's a, there's a child attached to each one of these. Right. Carazel is appealing his dismissal and has since filed a whistle, whistleblower lawsuit. What the hell's a whistleblower lawsuit? Uh, whistleblowing's when you call people out for doing something wrong. Right. Well, I, know whist- I didn't even know there was such thing as like a lawsuit for that. Oh, yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, because I went off onto so many different tangents on this case... I didn't look into whether or not he was awarded that, but it sounds like he's the only person that did his job. Right. That is the case of Alicia Moore. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, nothing, they are, the 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 guy that did it. Michael Vincent he's Moore. He's in. He's in prison for the rest of his life. He has done some appeals, but they all got rejected. I don't even know what to say <laughs> in terms of this case, only because, you know, I don't want to get sued but it sounds like a good amount of the people that were supposed to be a, like you said, doing the bare minimum of their job and B, protecting children. You all fucking suck. And I hope this shit fucking sticks with you for the rest of your life. Although because of what you did and the negligence toward it and the careless thought that went into her case, I bet it doesn't. It doesn't fucking stick with you. No. Which is why, These like... people didn't care. No. So fuck Listen all Listen to the way they talked it's, about it. It's terrible. Oh, well, I mean, I can't... I don't have a crystal ball to tell me if a kid's gonna die. I'm no, telling you but now. you have indicators. You have assessments. There are things put in place so that this doesn't happen. I would have slapped that woman across oh. her fucking face. It sounds like the last place she needs to be is with children. Agreed. Oh. Taking care... You're responsible for these children. Good lord. Yeah. I can say I've I've not heard that case. The whole thing makes me sick. That's terrible. And what she must have endured, like, especially if it was her uncle thinking that everything was fine. Mm. Strangled, sexually assaulted in horrific ways. Mm. Sorry, guys. That was a, that was a toughie. I think it was an important one because it highlights the multiple injustices that people face. Right. Not just, you know... The fact that she was murdered, but no one even looked for her in the right. day she was missing other than her family. Right. 
you know, no one was taking the lead and trying to find this poor girl. Mm. Oh, she must have just ran away. She's 16. She's addicted to sex. She's addicted to porn. I don't care if you're addicted to any of those things. What don't does that care. mean? I don't care. Careless She's a child. addicted to drugs in that I moment. I don't care either. I'm still going to go for you. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Guys, that was tough. That That made me feel a little down. It made me feel really down. I feel like so many people let her down. Her own family. There are five adults living with her. It's, yeah. And nobody's looking out for it's her. It's a real weird situation. She's removed for that home twice. So then why did she go back if she's removed? Well, they Not- sure as hell didn't make sure it was safe for her. Right. But you did a good a good job researching that. Thanks. I know. I feel like... Do I'm- better. I'll say it. More intensely than that, do your fucking job or get another one. Do not be a piece of shit because these are not only humans, they're kids. The only chance they have in the world is being in these homes. And if they're not the right homes for them and they're not protecting these children, caring for them, showing them love, Mm. get them the fuck out of it. Yeah. They shouldn't be there. If you don't want a kid, find someone to take care of them because tons of people want kids. So true. Man. I know. Kylie's really bummed out. I am. I am. I'm, I just don't know what to say. I and think it was so important because there's so many failures. Well, hopefully this can shed some light on things that obviously, <laughs> I can't even say like they need to be done. I can't even say it's an expectation. And hey, if you mess up, <laughs> don't falsify stuff. Right. Don't copy and paste from other people's files and don't like, ugh. The saying you performed a risk assessment of any type is so embarrassing. To me, it's like... What a piece of shit. You're fucking scum. Own up to it so that things can be fixed. Exactly. Or, once again, are you just that person that didn't really care? I think they're just that people. They didn't care. They're like, oh, shit, go put something in our file so that we can say we did it. Yeah, or more like, let's cover our asses, not, oh, shit, you know... Let's learn from how we failed this girl. Right. That's what it should be. How can we fix this? No, that was 29 other open cases under this woman. Those cases need to be taken away. They were good. Yeah, disturbing. Very disturbing. I am next week (laughs) on a happier note. Let's end it. Uh, I am bringing you another incredible survival story. I have not heard of this. I'm honestly astounded the more research I'm doing, but. As, as rough as a case as it is to hear, it ends on a good note. Survival-ish. Ish. Survival-ish. 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 You don't want to give us any better clues than that? Nope. Just survival. Survival. And we're heading out of the States. I guess it's in the U.S.? Nope. We're finally breaking free. We're leaving Wait, the no, U.S. No, I did one. You did, yeah. The, 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 the DuPont de Leon yeah. family. Nope, we're heading to Australia. Were you going to try and do it? No. I was trying to you think can't. of an accent. An accent. Oh, Australia. No, Australia, boy, crikey. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for her, and she's not embarrassed at all. I'm not embarrassed at all. I know. I'm blushing, I think. Until next time, friends. I'm so sorry this was depressing, but it, was. it needed to be said. It did. And we will continue to cover more cases like this because, again, they deserve... We're not deserve... doing this to think it's funny or to make light of people's deaths. I want no. to highlight why these things happen. Right. And I don't even think it was making light of. 
these cases need to be discussed. Well, no, this case we took very seriously. Right. We always do, but when mm-hmm. we're joking back and forth, I think some oh, people I know. can yeah. take it as right. We're oh, not you're laughing the case through seriously. it, and it's like, no, you guys, we're laughing a at each other. The reactions, mostly Brittany's laughing about me because it takes me a while to get there mentally. You got everything this time, I think. But these cases need light shed upon them. They yep. need to be talked about, discussed. They need to come back out into the open. So we, as like a fucking full-on society, can just do better. And how about we hire the right people for the right jobs? If you don't care about children, you shouldn't be working in child protective services. I don't understand. That would be like if I hated dogs. I probably wouldn't become dogs. a dog trainer. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems very obvious. Well, know yourself. Like, yeah. I know that I wouldn't be good in a role in child protective services. Right. That's why I'm not going in that role. Nope. And not because I wouldn't do the damn thing, right. but I'd be killing some people who are right. hurting young children. Exactly. But I'm just saying, I know. Exactly. But I think people refuse to do self-reflection, and they refuse to be very obvious in the sense of they know who they are. Y'all are fucking fakes. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to people to be able to do these things when in actuality, you're not only incapable, you don't give a fuck to actually do shit. So just go do something else. Yep. Duh. Shouldn't have to say that. Yeah. Mm. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs)